Hi everyone, it's Andy Lemasugu here. It's been a hot minute, I know. This month marks six years since the African Tech Roundup podcast first published and a full year since we last put out an episode. It really is great to be back. And this right here, well, this is the first episode of a new learning series we're doing here on African Tech Roundup, and we're calling it the Unajua series. It's part of a refreshed direction that we'll be taking things over here, which we'll be telling you all about in due course. Now, the word unajua is a word in Kiswahili which means, do you know? And here's how the unajua series will work. We'll crowdsource pertinent questions from you, the village, and break them down into three to six bite-sized sub-questions. Then we'll invite a revolving door of villagers who know, say, a little more than a thing or two about how things work in our ecosystem to offer what we're calling minimum actionable responses to these sub-questions. And they need to do this in 15 minutes or less. So from here on in, uh, you can expect Unajua episodes to drop every Monday. And that's all there is to it, really. And I'm really excited because to launch the series, we've sourced answers to the question, is the African technology ecosystem at an inflection point? To factor in on this question in a three-part response is Nigerian analyst and researcher Darren Adebayo. Now, Darren covers technology, entrepreneurship, and venture capital across emerging markets in his monthly Substack newsletter called Unevenly Distributed. Now, he formerly worked at the hotel booking platform Hotels.ng. He also spent some time at the VC firm Ingressive Capital, and he currently works at Endeavor, you know, the global community of high-impact entrepreneurs who are spread across something like 40 emerging and underserved markets. Now, legend has it that on weekends, Darren can be spotted casually riding a bicycle like a boss along the streets of Lecky Phase 1. <laughs> And so without any further ado, here's Darren answering two sub-questions for the price of one. First, how large is the opportunity for a tech company in Africa? And should we be worried about the lack of exits? The opportunity for technology companies in Africa is massive. And I think it's funny when it comes to technology in any geography, people have always underestimated the size of the opportunity. And so whatever you think is the ceiling, literally just multiplied by like a hundred. But um, if you look at Africa today, we have $6 billion financial services technology companies. Three of them are hidden inside of telcos. So, you know, MTN Mobile Money, Airtel Money, and, and M-Pesa are easily multi-billion dollar businesses. Fowery, Flutterwave, and Intas, which are also, you know, businesses that have been valued at above a billion dollars. Airtel Money, you know, raised $300 million from TPG and MasterCard at a $2.6 billion valuation. MTN is looking to list its mobile money business at about $5 billion. And M-Pesa is in the middle of both of them in terms of like of revenues. And so you can value it, you know, somewhere in the middle. But the point is it's easily a multi-billion dollar business itself. Now, if you look at these six companies, aside Flutterwave, the other five are at least a decade old or about a decade old. And so they were built at a time where smartphone penetration was much less, internet penetration was much lower, and so they were built on top of USSD and SMS infrastructure, which is why, you know, they emerged inside of telcos, and they also had to go and build out extensive agent networks. Now, that generation of telco-driven, agent network-based 
technology companies, financial technology companies, are going to be the infrastructure layer for the next generation. And so what you're finding is that all of them plug into Flutterwave, for example, and Flutterwave is built, is built for smartphones and it's built on top of the existing infrastructure, mobile money infrastructure, and it's cross-border. And so what you're going to find is that the, the financial technology businesses being built today are going to be much larger than M-Pesa, MTN mobile money, and Airtel money. And, you know, those three businesses alone are easily worth, worth $10 billion. And I haven't even counted, you know, Orange money or the other many mobile money, many generation one fintech businesses. And, as, and that's really underlying a lot of the excitement about the space is that the opportunity is really massive because the first generation, which was built on legacy infrastructure, has grown so big. And so we expect this generation to be, you know, an order of magnitude bigger and it will most likely be built outside of telcos. And so that's fintech. And, you know, everyone is excited about fintech. What about other internet, other internet businesses in other spaces? And I think there, what's important to understand is the internet is going to transform every sector in every country. It might not do it at the same time, but eventually it's going to do it. And so the way to think about this is, you know, if you look at U.S. today, the largest businesses in U.S. today are Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google. 20 years ago, it was JP Morgan, Walmart, ExxonMobil, and, you know, consumer goods companies like Unilever or, or P&G. If you look at China today, the largest businesses are, you know, Tencent and Alibaba. They're at least among, among, you know, top two, top three, top five largest businesses in China. And then you have companies like ByteDance, like Pinduoduo, like Meituan Dianping that are coming up and are, are, you know, over the next few years likely to become among the largest businesses in China. And then when you look at somewhere like Latin America, you would see Mercado Libre, which is an $80 billion business. You would still see other, you know, more traditional businesses that are the largest, but you're already seeing companies valued at, you know, multiple tens of billions of dollars. And if you look at Southeast Asia, you see something similar with C Limited, which is a $100 billion company. Although, you know, again, the largest businesses still tend to be, you know, banks and manufacturing companies and consumer goods companies. If you look at Nigeria today and Africa as a whole, the largest businesses are banks, cement companies, oil companies. We're already seeing that shift with Flutterwave now valued at more than probably 80% of the banks in the, co- in the country. And Kuda Bank is, is valued higher than some of, the, some of the smaller banks in the country. And so what you expect to see is that in 20 years' time, in 30 years' time, the largest businesses in Africa are not going to be the banks or the telcos or the consumer goods companies, but they're going to be technology businesses across different sectors. And you shouldn't look at it as, you know, okay, Dangote is valued at $5 billion today, so these technology businesses are going to be valued at $5 billion. They're going to be valued at a multiple higher because Apple didn't become the most valuable company by ExxonMobil shrinking. They became the most valuable company by becoming a $1 trillion company, becoming a $2 trillion company. And, you know, you have Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, all kind of waiting to join Apple in the trillion, $2 trillion club. And so I expect the largest technology business to come out of Africa over the next few decades to be an order of magnitude bigger than the, the largest businesses in Africa today. And, you know, these technology businesses are just being started. And so the opportunity is, is you know, it's massive. And that's why I'm not worried about a lack of exits because exits are an outcome and they are an outcome of scale. And so if you build a business to scale, it's going to exit. Of course, you know, you can exit by acquisition and you can exit by IPO. And here I'm just going to focus on IPOs because, you know, there's an 
interesting piece of research from um, Nick Nash, who is uh, the founder of Asia Partners, which is you know, a venture capital private equity firm operating in Southeast Asia. And he looked at companies that have gone public in the US over the past few decades. And what he saw was that there's sort of a threshold, which is when a company reaches $25 million of gross profits, so not revenues, because revenues are hard to compare across different sectors and across business models. But when a company reaches $25 million of gross profits and is at or near break-even, that's around the point where they, they go public and that's around the point where they're sort of accepted by the public markets. And so if we have a bunch of companies in Africa doing $25 million in gross profits, which are at about break-even and are struggling to exit, you know, all these stock exchanges are rejecting them, then I would be worried about a lack of exits. But um, quite frankly, if you build a business to 25 million, 50 million, 100 million in gross profits, you would not struggle to find a stock market to list. And we're already seeing some of that because, for example, Jumia is listed and Jumia is commanding similar multiples to e-commerce businesses in other ecosystems. And the mobile money businesses which we spoke of, there's actually a lot of demand for those telcos to spin out those businesses and list them. And none of those companies are public yet. But just looking at, you know, Airtel's financing, which by all indications is kind of like a pre-IPO financing, it was valued at a multiple that is comparable to what other payment businesses and other ecosystems are being valued at. And so I guess the point I'm making here is that investors understand technology businesses and they are bullish on technology businesses. So as long as you're able to scale your business to significant revenues, you would have no problem listing on a public exchange And of course, you would also have no problem attracting strategic investors for acquisitions and things like that. And so, no, I'm not worried about about a lack of of exits. What I'm waiting for and what I'm optimistic about is when our businesses get to scale, when we grow our businesses and the largest businesses in Africa are technology businesses, then those businesses will have, have no problems exiting. On the next installment of this Unajua series themed, Is the African Technology Ecosystem at an Inflection Point? Darren answers two more questions. First, what have African founders learned from the first generation of internet companies? And what can and can't we learn from other emerging markets? But before we go, this is where I let you in on how you can get involved. We'd love for you to offer your take on today's sub-questions by tweeting using the hashtag Unajua series or DMing us at African Roundup or even better, leave us a voice note that we might actually include on a future episode at africantechroundup.com forward slash Unajua. That's africantechroundup.com slash U-N-A-J-U-A. Unajua. Till next time, take care.